Hey y'all, it's Colleen Gallagher with the Colleen Gallagher podcast and welcome to episode 109. This is such a treat, this episode, so you're going to want to get ready and buckle in. I am still so grateful and beyond thrilled that we got this interview and conversation and it profoundly changed my life. It was a profound moment in my journey of podcasting, of interviewing, and I know that this episode will gift you with presence, serenity, peace, and that there is hope that you will become emotionally well and happy in your life. And so we are a top 200 podcast in how I'm sorry, in spirituality and top 400 globally spirituality. And this podcast was created with the intention to be a space that you can come and tune in to receive a frequency that will activate, educate, and empower you to begin living a lifestyle you love that supports you financially. If you are returning, oh, hey, and if you are brand new, well, hello and welcome. Spirituality, health and wellness and education became a passion of mine because I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer at age 14. And after nine long years of suffering, I self-healed my body, mind, and soul. So in these episodes, I bring you my own voice, as well as people I meet along my journey to offer you perspective, inspiration, and real life proof that when you choose to follow your dreams, you say yes to what is inside of your heart, that you will begin to create a lifestyle that is wildly impactful, fulfilling, and abundant beyond your wildest dreams. We cover topics from health and wellness, digital marketing, new age spirituality, global development, and pop culture current events as it relates to the great awakening. So get ready, tune in, subscribe, and make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you're loving. You can always email us on my website, www.callinggallagher.co to request episode topics and let us know how everything's going. I love you. And thank you for being part of this collective community. I'm so excited for the day I get to meet you and give you a hug. And oh my goddess with this episode, you guys, I am freaking out because we have the one and only Gabby Bernstein. She is a New York time best-selling author, not once, not twice, but nine times she has a top podcast called dear Gabby. She has over 1 million followers on Instagram. She has hundreds probably of courses and workshops and talks that she's led around the world. She is a global leader in spirituality. She has overcome, um, alcoholism. She's been, I'm pretty sure alcohol free for nearly 20 years. She's like in between that 15 and 20 year mark, I believe amazing marriage. She has a child. She just went through child loss. Um, and she's just a phenomenal human. And this episode, we really dive deep into promoting it is promoting her book and sharing happy days, the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. And I am just so thrilled because as you guys know, Gabby is like this impossible person to get. And the fact we got her on the podcast just is wow. Her conversation, our connection, her answers to the questions that I prepared offered a transformation in my energetic field. It offered me a clarity. It offered me a peace. It offered me a freedom. It offered me a clarity. And it let me know that I'm right where I meant to be. There's nowhere outside this moment. I meant to be, there's nowhere outside of any achievement I want to make that I need to be except right here. And I'm so excited to bring you this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy, please reach out and let me know what you guys thought of it, what you liked about it and make sure to leave a review. I love you guys. 
Okay. So looking back on your career, uh, I, it's almost nine or it is all nine of your books for New York time bestselling and you're a global leader in spirituality. And you were challenged with tremendous emotional battles behind closed doors, which all of us are. Um, but I, what do you wish you would have done sooner to offer profound freedom and inner peace into your life and the lives of others? I don't think that I necessarily had anything that I would tell myself to do differently, because Mm -hmm. if I'd known anything differently sooner, I may not have gotten to where I am right now. So I'm really grateful for the journey and the path that I've been on. And let's say people who are suffering right now, like who hear this, right? Cause I know I have felt this way many times and like, I'm suffering and I want to be better, but I'm on my journey. I'm on the path, but like, ugh, it's not like, I want to get to that spot quicker. Like happy days does go through that. And what would you say? What is the tools? Are you think it's just surrendering to, I am here in this moment and this is where I'm being guided and it will, I will feel happiness and freedom when I meant to. I think that there's a lot of happiness and freedom along the way to happiness and freedom. So to really celebrate the moments of the miraculous, to celebrate that fleeting second of relief or to celebrate just the uh, feeling of not being alone when you read a book like Happy Days or the sensation of serenity for a split second. And to really celebrate those moments because as you add up those moments, that's when you start to live those moments and that becomes your reality. So it's not about getting somewhere overnight. It's about developing the moment to moment subtle shifts that create that long lasting change in your nervous system. That is so profound. That is like so profound. I know a lot of people in this community will require to hear that, but they're not going to like that answer, but I'm really happy you shared it. Um, and the second thing that I wanted to go through is addiction comes in many forms. And I'd say in this community, the biggest challenge I'd say we go through with addiction is being a love junkie. (laughs) And I'd say that we always are kind of chasing a relationship or we've, you know, we're we're trying to break that pattern of moving out of that. And so what would you say is our first step to freedom and happiness? So we can break this addiction to love and unhealthy bonds. I know you've done it with abuse, uh, our substances um, and abuse with that. And relationships. Definitely. I think that Understanding your attachment style is really important. And we address that. I address that all throughout uh, this book Mm -hmm. and understanding why you may be chasing that high, that connection, that sense of safety or security in the partner, because that always stems from the original attachment bond that we had with a parent or lack thereof. So in one of the chapters in happy days, I go into the different types of attachment styles and how the different attachment styles would affect us as adults. And so really having that awareness is one of the first steps to understanding why you are the way you are in relationships, why you may be addicted, why you may be fearful, why you may be anxious, why you may be avoidant. And really with that awareness and understanding going deeper. I also created a attachment quiz, a free attachment style quiz. You can go to deargabby.com slash attachment. And that quiz, let me just make sure it's that it might be that or detached. Let me, I think it's, attached. we'll put it in the show notes and I, are we already put it in a different show notes? So <laughs> you guys will give it again in the show notes. Amazing. So it's deargabby.com slash attachment. 
and you would want to really get closer to understanding the why. And then when you do that quiz, I also give you results on who you are and why you are that way and the ways that you can fix it. Yeah. And I'm actually the same as you anxious attachment style. (laughs) I knew that, but I didn't know it was yours. And I could say, I can't speak for everyone, but I know my private clients, almost all of them are attachment. The majority of our results, like 80% of our results are anxiously attached people. Yeah. So, uh, and I love, I don't have it memorized. I have it in my phone, but I love in happy days, the, I think it's chapter two or three where you say like, okay, what is it I'm feeling? What am I doing to avoid that feeling? What is it I want to be feeling? And what can I do to move into that? And that's like literally on speed dial in my phone notes that I do like all the time. And I think it's something that's really supported me. And I definitely recommend any of you to get it. And also happy days. Um, I got the digital version and it's, one of those things that when you're feeling out of control, it really does bring you back into such a centered place. And I'd never seen it broken down so simply like that without needing, like, I need to book a therapy appointment. I need to do all these other things that I do. It's like something you can do right then to bring you back to center. Um, That's the intention. And the intention also is to help someone know that there is a way out of that trauma response, that we don't have to live in this energy of being the victim of our addiction or our relationship issues or our trauma responses. There is a pathway out. Yeah. And the next question kind of leads into what I was going to ask is internal family systems, IFS and understanding our, you know, behavior patterns has been a huge part of your journey in emotional recovery and support and freedom wellness, all of those things. And so why do you think your focus and awareness on these two practices have supported you with such profound healing in your journey? Um, cause that's not something I think a lot of mean, it's not mainstream. I would say that's specifically talked about in that way. Yeah. Well, as it relates to IFS, <clears throat> I, without realizing it was being treated with IFS therapy for a decade. My therapist is a parts trained IFS therapist and or it's, it's one of the main tools that she uses. And so I was, she was using it with me for like, you know, a decade. I was like, all of a sudden started studying the work of Dick Schwartz. Cause I was guided to it through a podcast or whatever. And Dick is the founder of IFS. And I was like, Holy crap, this is what I've been. St- this is what I've been doing in my therapy. Like, this is the thing that's been working for me. And I found that the more I understood about internal family systems therapy and the fact that we have all these different parts of who we are and that there are no bad parts, but that some of them are just really extreme and some of them are really tucked away and <clears throat> learning the method for how to resolve the extreme parts of ourselves became such a gift to me, to my recovery, to my trauma recovery, that I went on to decide to get trained in the system. And that model now is in my repertoire as a trained IFS practitioner, not a, not a therapist, I'm a practitioner. And, uh, it's just life-changing. And I put it in the book, a full chapter in the book. I plan to write my next book that you're going to flip out about this, but my next book about relationships and IFS, romantic <laughs> relationships and IFS. I probably can't write it soon enough for you. And um, it, it it's in there because it changed me mm-hmm. on a molecular level. And I, as you know, you're my reader. I only write about what has deeply worked for me. Yeah. Because I'm my first reader, my first student. So yeah. I can't emphasize IFS enough. I love that you shared it too, because I have a, a different mentor of mine, Yvonne De La Flor. She's also been on the podcast. You guys have heard her, but she does it something a little bit different, but it's very similar to IFS. And it definitely has profoundly changed my life in looking at why my relationships have been the way they have. And definitely what I love about your work, which if you guys read my books, it's been a lot of, my career has been a lot inspired by your career. 
um, is kind of the same. And my next book, my fourth one is like through a state of being, and I haven't yet obtained that state of being, so I cannot publish it yet, but I'm going through the motions. And so that's something I love about you is because I do know everything you write. Like you can physically see the differences in you in videos, like, and you can hear it. And mm. that's one of the things I noticed about you and this was the biggest transformation I'd seen in you as well, because sometimes you'd be like very hyperactive or hyper whatnot in videos. And now it's so different. It's like, it's such a profound transformation. You can noticeably tell, and not that it wasn't great before you were always great, always doing the work, but you can tell the difference in serenity in you. Yeah. So many people have acknowledged that people who have been with me for a long time, And it's nice to be, well, you have to be able to walk your talk as an author. And I'm really proud of you for saying, I can't write it until I live it because this book, Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace couldn't have been written until I was on the other side of the trauma. So I could be really saying, yeah, I'm living in that freedom and inner peace. The changes that you see in me and hear in me in podcasts are accurate because I've fully lived to tell. And uh, I'm so, I'm so excited for you as this young woman now having four books in you, even though the fourth is coming (laughs) and just really just, just owning that truth for yourself that I'm here to live it so that I can tell it. And that's just the most invaluable opportunity you can live through in your lifetime. So congratulations to you. It's beautiful. That was actually one of my questions for you was what was the most challenging parts, but you kind of just about this book, but you just answered it. And I'd say one other question that I wanted to go into is what do you think is the most misunderstood concept about trauma? I know in my third book, I talk about trauma, um, but I'd love to hear it from you. What do you think is misunderstood or what do you feel or from your line of experience about trauma? Mm. Well, I think that any stigma around trauma is starting to dissolve right now. I joke that my uh, my my 25 year old social media manager DM'd me and she was like, "Trauma is trending on TikTok," you know. So a lot of the stigmas around trauma are really releasing because we've all lived through this collective trauma, COVID, and having lived through that, there's so much more openness around this dialogue. But I think that a lot of people most people will immediately put up a red flag that says, nope, I don't have trauma. And if you start to ask them a few questions, like within five minutes, they're like, well, my parents were alcoholics and my dad left my mom. And this, and I'm like, these are huge, big T traumas and people just dissociate from them. And I think that one of the things people don't realize is that one of the biggest trauma responses is really a shame response. And that's to deny, to totally deny that it ever happened or minimize what may have occurred because we don't want to hold the shame of what we experienced. And so that's a really, so often we'll say like, oh, it could have been worse or, you know, no, everybody has their experience. Their experiences affect them. Do not minimize your experience. I love that you say that. And I actually write that in my first book, live your truth. So I had cancer. Some people are like, oh my God, like, and I'm like, no, it's like, we all have our equally traumatic disease. Like if you were to look at my emotional response to cancer, someone's dog's dying could have the same emotional traumatic response to my cancer as their dog. And not Mm. one is worse or better. Like we have to stop this like massive comparison because like we can't control a human energetic being on what their response is going to be to some event in their life. And every single one of them is valid. So it's very true. It's very true. But I do want to acknowledge that we all have trauma. We all have 
our own unique trauma responses. But those of us like yourself who have big T trauma, so a diagnosis of cancer at a young age is a big T trauma, period, right? That in my case, really being forthcoming about sexual abuse as a child, right? These are big T traumas. Those of us who have experienced big T trauma, it's not that we don't have, that we have, we may have more extreme ways of protecting ourselves than someone who has a small T trauma. But the biggest thing is, is not so much to compare how we react, but also, but just to recognize that the deeper the wound, the more reprocessing needs to occur. So somebody who has a small T trauma of being, you know, told they were stupid in sixth grade might be able to work that out in like eight sessions of EMDR. Right. Whereas we (laughs) may need like three years of it, you know? So it's not, it's not that there isn't the same uh, biological thing occurring in the nervous system. Mm -hmm. It's just that the more frozen you are, the more time it takes to thaw. I would agree. And I, EMDR is a lifesaver. <laughs> I know that I can talk about that in my third book too, but if you guys. Yeah. Um, I have a podcast episode on that. On Dear yeah, Gabby, you could I can leave that in the show notes. I think I listened to part of it. I don't, I don't know if I listened to all of it yet, but yeah, I'll, I'll leave that there. And also the attachment quiz and then obviously happy days. Um, and then the last question I had for you is kind of to wrap up was what do you feel the biggest results are? And I know that's like a more tangible question or business question than I guess a spiritual, but it can be in any way. What are the biggest results you've seen from being and sitting with this work of happy days and spirituality practices? The biggest results are that felt sense of presence. Mm, Peter Levine, the the founder of somatic experiencing therapy, it's a trauma-based body-based therapy. He says that Trauma is the inability to be present. Mm. So when we undo the historical trauma and the and reprocess our memories and, and emotional disturbances, we return to a safe place within that is able to be fully present. I love that. And I think it's, I could definitely agree with that. And I think when you've gone through trauma, the hardest thing is to be present and you don't even realize it, that you're not there sometimes, which is even harder. And he's actually someone I'm quoting in my dissertation for my PhD. <laughs> so I love Where are you getting your PhD? What are you doing? Where are you getting it? I'm getting it at Pepperdine. I'm getting it in psychology, but it's focused on global leadership and change. So I really want to focus on like a framework of what can corporations leverage for like a customer journey and sales experience because I love the digital world. I wouldn't have found like you and so many of my other mentors that I do. I mean, I'm 28 and it's changed my life. I've traveled, you know, to 40, where am I at? 42 countries, lived in five countries, like built my business, you know, to multiple six figures, all my books. Like I I couldn't have done that without the world. So I love it. And I want to like really help corporations do it in that way. And also from a soul place, but not leveraging maybe those SEO words. <laughs> that would be you so are, um, you are awesome. I'm very happy to know you and I really I'm, want to stay connected to you and support you in anything that you're doing. I'm happy Excellent. to know you. And I want everyone to make sure to go follow Gabby. You got you, I, you guys hear about her all the time. I put you in all my courses, not all of them, but a lot of them you're referenced in them. So make sure to follow Gabby, get happy days. You guys, it's a great book to pair to with my third book for trauma. For those of you, her practices are much more involved than the ones that I offer. So get her. Don't minimize. Don't they minimize. Are, they are. <laughs> so, but I love you guys. I hope you enjoy it and we'll talk soon.